When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Welcome on in, Blue Jays fans, to the official podcast of Jays Journal and Stadium Scene. We are Jay Bird watching with Chris Key, Craig Borden, and myself, Brandon Panikar. Gentlemen, how is your Wednesday doing, knowing that there is an impending lockout upon us? Uh, I, think, I, think, uh, I think that sums it up quite nicely uh, for everybody who is watching uh, on the video stream. It is uh, time to crack open drinks. It is past November. Uh, that means December 1st can roll around and we can all get drunk and uh, hope that this lockout is not actually going to happen because there's been a lot of fun over the course of the last few days for our Toronto Blue Jays. Um, but yeah, let's get into it, guys. There's a ton that we can cover on this episode today. I want to start with, of course, the biggest news of, or since we last recorded last week, Wednesday, and that is the Blue Jays have made another splash to their rotation. We already know they locked in Jose Barrios to a contract extension, seven years, and an opt-out after five. The Blue Jays reinforced their rotation and added Kevin Gosman, previously of the San Francisco Giants for the last two years, and Blue Jays fans will be familiar with him from his time with the Baltimore Orioles. Gosman has signed a five-year deal for $110 million. He's locked in for all five of those seasons. And as we now know as well, he will be Robbie Ray's replacement because Robbie Ray is off to the Seattle Mariners. So, Chris Key, I want to open this up to you first because you had some strong opinions uh, the last time you were on about the Blue Jays and the possibility of signing Kevin Gosman. I know you weren't necessarily a fan. I will give you a chance to either double down on that stance or walk it back a little bit. So the floor is yours. Okay, I'll walk it back a little bit because I don't think I don't think the money was as high as what I thought he was going to get. I thought he would be closer to the 140 or 150 even. Um, so what did he did he end up getting five or six years, five years, five, right? five years, 22 so per like, year. Yeah, 22. It yeah, it was like 21 in the first year and then 22 and then 23. I think it went something like that after that. I don't know. Like, 
other than other than going out and getting Scherzer, like who else were you going to get? And then there were some reports, maybe they were true, maybe they weren't, about Robbie Ray being vaccinated or not. That obviously plays a little bit of a plan. I'm super interested to see who comes north of the border uh, once we get going right. in, in April and see if there's going to be any of these Tyler Bertuzzi-esque uh, appearances where they can't get across the border, um, which is going to be very, very interesting. I'm sure MLB and the Blue Jays will work out some kind of deal, but I guess the NHL didn't, so we'll see. Um, the Kevin Gosman stuff, though, like, I'm super confused as of right now because, like, yes, you go out and get Kevin Gosman. There's so much money being thrown around right now. Um, I'm super disappointed. I'm super disappointed that there wasn't another splash, or at least yet. Um, it makes me super nervous waiting two, three months. Everybody's saying somewhere between February 1st and February 15th might be the potential end date to this lockout. Leaves a total of two weeks. Are we going to get another two weeks of madness? of people going all over the place yes probably um but that makes me super super nervous because you still need another starting pitcher um that's better than stripling and better than pearson combo Mm -hmm. um pearson should be in the bullpen regardless i think you probably still would like another bullpen option and you need two infielders how are you going to get that done in two weeks when everybody else is in a frenzy this was a huge missed opportunity in my mind that you needed to go out there with all this money flying around guys are i don't want to say desperate but there's definitely kind of an urge to get things done because if i'm a player as well and especially if i'm more of a veteran player that might have a family or something i don't want to leave it until two weeks before spring training opens before I figure out where I'm going to plant my family for the year. So especially if you're a a player coming north of the border to a different country, we know that that may or may not be a thing, depending on how you want to look at it. Mm -hmm. I'm sure that there is, there are questions from a family standpoint and a family point of view. And yeah, I don't know. I, I, I find, I find it a little bit perplexing just because they're, there's a lot left to be desired. I thought we were on the right track. Like Garcia comes and then Gosman comes. There needed to be one more thing happen, at least. It still could so, happen. Never it still know. could happen. It still could happen. There is but, that rumor. We are four hours and 45 minutes away. And a lot of things got to happen in that time. Well, you brought us at the top of the show. That, Shy Davidi teased on Tim and, and Tim and friends that something could be in the hopper. Uh, although I did see another tweet saying that for that to happen before the CBA expires at midnight tonight or 11:59 p.m., that player would need to be in Florida uh, so that they could be get to the spring training complex in Dunedin. We'll see what happens. But yes, a couple moves have been made. Gosman being the big one. Craig, let's get your thoughts. 
we obviously know Robbie Ray's now a Mariner. We can touch on that as part of the next conversation to build on our Kevin Gosman talk. But when you saw the deal five years, $110 million, knowing what you knew about Kevin Gosman from his time in Baltimore, knowing what you now know about how he kind of fixed himself or had a pitching coach fix himself a little bit with the San Francisco Giants, uh, what were your thoughts on Gosman's deal? We have a drop-in replacement? What? <laughs> it's basically what I thought. We're, we're swapping out a part that was of equal value as much as we all love Robbie Ray and is, you know, obvious, I think is um, obviously outside of that. He was perfect for that dugout. You know, mm-hmm. he was the exact guy they needed in their veteran presence, clearly got along with everybody in the clubhouse and was a leader. And that's a ding. Of course. Um, everybody knew Robbie Ray was good. I don't think they were expecting him to come back and have that kind of his dominant season that he had last year, but to that <laughs> point, okay, I said most, all right. <laughs> so Chris Key over here, <laughs> giving the peanut gallery. But Kevin Gosman is the same kind of mold even to that point. He was a number one level prospect for the Orioles for years. And, yes, he was. Uh, very ups and downs. He didn't have any real consistency to it. He's figured something out in the last two years, and I, don't, I was just trying to look and see where he ended up finishing in the Cy Young race, but sixth? That's pretty damn good, just saying. Um, I think the thing that was really striking was that the, both of them are both strikeout guys, two-pitch mm-hmm. pitcher. They went out and got the same guy after seeing the success that Robbie Ray finally had with the Toronto Blue Jays. This is a little bit different because we're actually bringing him in while he's been doing good. He was an all-star this past season with the Giants. It was a big reason the Giants were a 90-plus win team. Did mm-hmm. they get the 100? Uh, they, were 100 yeah, they got like 107. Yeah. <laughs> As I say, I thought they were the best in baseball. But, um, and he was a big piece of that at 14-6, and six, and he pitched a ton of innings. It would have been nice to see him go over 200 like Robbie Ray did. But to that point, I'm not going to worry about splitting hairs over two games worth of innings. Um, but... Like I said, I think the big thing is Blue Jays fans are getting the same similar thing here. I know the contracts are maybe the irk point for most Toronto Blue Jays fans being a whole $5 million more and you could have had the guy we already had. Mm -hmm. But I wonder how much of that was just the fact that the Blue Jays really didn't think they were going to be able to land Robbie Ray, period. Isn't he from the West Coast? So it doesn't shock me that he would want to see Tennessee. That's random. (laughs) So um, maybe he just wants to visit the Kraken. I don't, <laughs> but to that point, I, I really think that they got a guy here that there is a chance that Robbie Ray in the length of that contract might not be as good. Sure. Where we're two years younger with Kevin Gossman, there's just a little bit more of an ups chance that he lives out the five years properly. And honestly, I wonder how much the big sticking point for the Toronto Blue Jays was that third year opt out thing. Yes. Yeah, is, I was just going to say that to you. Yep. So, and um, I was listening to um, Talking Baseball right on my way home because I was an hour away from my home all day today, driving to the other plant that I somewhat work in. Um, On the way back, they're talking about that deal and everything, especially both deals comparing them. And yeah, it came down to dollars and cents, but that third year opt out is right in the window where the Mariners, you would think they're going to be riding that wave of their new players, kind of like we're at right now. Right. So this is that's critical to their competitive window. If he all of a sudden says peace out after having three good seasons, that would be, that's going to be crippling for the Seattle Mariners. 
we're going to probably, I would have made the argument that we could have dealt with that because we're already in that window where we should have made the playoffs this year. <laughs> so maybe it wouldn't have been as important if he did opt out after the third year for the Toronto Blue Jays and then he's gone and he's not paying the ungodly amount of money or whatever it might be. But to this point, I love the security that we get with somebody like Gosman because I don't think he has to be the guy. He, yeah. he can be a regular. It, this could be Hyunjin Ryu at a few yeah. by the end of that contract, and he's going to be solid still. Right, and I'm, I think that's fine. I really don't think that that's an issue. That after five years, he's going to be in a rotation with Manoa, Brios, Pearson, whoever the hell else we have coming through the minor league system or signed through free agency over the next few years. There's always going to be another quasi-level ace guy in that equation where the point where he doesn't have to be the ace. I think this is the most ridiculous, awesome thing that could have happened to the Blue Jays is we just had this extended you, goodness. You have rotation. four number twos. Yes. Which is I'm fine with that. Pretty damn good. good. Also, on that, on, Braves, just saying. Yeah. <laughs> on that on that note, and take it with a grain of salt because it's John Heyman, but uh, Kikuchi has three-year offers from the Mets and Jays are interested. Okay. So... Well, that so is, there, maybe uh, there's the other wild card. Yes. Oh, that's, I, mean, uh, that's I, I mentioned that the last to you guys. I'd be perfectly yeah. fine with taking a flyer on Kikuchi for absolutely that number five. And then yeah. you have Stripling or whoever for, oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> there <laughs> is that. And you know that, oh, shit's going to happen. We saw it last yeah. year. Yes. Yeah. So. It, it happens during the course of a baseball season. But, but having, having four number twos, though, having four number two guys, though, like if one of them goes down, now you have like it's not that big of a gap if you have to throw in stripling, or now you actually have a number five guy instead of like I don't I think I think the way the rotation is set as much as I was just crapping on Gosman. Mm-hmm. Hey, okay, let me make this it's very clear. Well for <laughs> I'm not crapping on Gosman. I'm crapping on the idea that there needed to be more with that. Okay. And it's I'm like sure you I'm pe- sure it's, it's like you got coming. your pizza with cheese on it and no toppings yeah. or something. <laughs> it kind of is something like that. But yeah. Go ahead, Brendan. No, I was just going to ask you guys cuz immediately after I saw the deal and, and Chris this kind of touches on your point. I think if uh he came in at around 130-140 million instead, which is where that was a range that he was projected at. I think on the higher end of the projections he was closer to 130-140, especially with teams like the Giants who I don't know what the hell the Giants are doing right now. Um in terms of trying to bring some guys back and continue to win. Um the Mariners and others, we now know what the Mariners ended up doing, but I thought it'd be higher. I think they actually locked out and the fact that a couple teams weren't as heavily involved and they definitely lucked out that the Mets turned their attention to Max Scherzer. I mean, mm-hmm. the Mets were going to be the primary competition for Gosman. It seemed like, and once they turned their attention to Scherzer, that's when it became, okay, Gosman, your best offer or the most intriguing offer is from the Blue Jays. Now, the interesting thing is the Mets did offer Gosman more and uh, he took the Blue Jays money instead, showing you that there is a little bit of a shift in the way free agents think uh, these days in my mind. It also shows me that people believe in this team. They also believe in what players who have played for this team say, and there's nothing but glowing reviews. But at the end of the day, after you see Ray's deal, and I know that there's going to be some fans who are upset that it was only $5 million more. There's going to be some fans who don't understand how valuable to Robbie Ray that option is and how not valuable that would have been to the Blue Jays, given their competitive window. You look at both of the deals and you go through, I don't know, the first thing that stood out to me when they ultimately got Gosman and we knew that that was the end of the Robbie Ray era. I don't know about you guys. 
I interpreted that as maybe like what Craig, you're touching on. We know what Robbie Ray's floor is and it is not good. I don't think he's ever going to be that bad again, like what we saw in 2020 or even some of the years where he was walking a ton of guys. Um, but I also don't think he, there, there, he could be just as dominant as he was. I do think there's some a good chance for some regression, but Gosman's floor throughout the course of his career has been better than Robbie Ray's and their ceilings are very, very comparable as you alluded to there, Craig. So, Craig, I don't know if you want to take that one and run with it, but do you believe that at the end of the day, this was the Blue Jays and the front office saying, long-term, over the next five, three years, three, four, five years, we believe in Gosman to give us more value than Ray moving forward? I think this is the whole argument in a nutshell of they wanted to build a dynasty. And I think that honestly might be what we might start calling some of these episodes near the end of uh, <laughs> the free agency fun here. And... and it, it's securing this future for this rotation. They did that with Jose Barrios. Like I said, there was that one outlier with Robbie Ray with how that contract was structured that it might have all of a sudden been them without Hyunjin Ryu and Robbie Ray almost right on top of each other. Mm-hmm. Could have been a little rough for them. Right. To, uh, you know, back-to-back seasons losing guys like that. A little hard to come by, especially with the state that they traded a few of their key minor league pitchers. I can see why the depth thing would be grab a guy we know we're going to keep. And to that fact, the guy that's the more or less metric level comparison, <laughs> drop-in replacement part, you know, like I was saying, I don't think they uh, did anything wrong with this move. As much as I, unfortunately, I'm still haunted by watching what Kevin Gossman used to get destroyed by Toronto Blue Jays yeah. fans and refl- uh, hitters in, re- you know, retrospect. But um, he's a guy that's clearly figured it out. And the more video I watch on him, the more, in love, the more I fall in love with that splitter. Oh, it's so it's good. insane. It tumbles um, like crazy. As much as uh, Robbie Ray being fastball slider guy, this is a fastball splitter guy, and if he can figure out that next piece of it, he probably know this is the beginning of it. It's amazing how many guys are coming to life at 30 these days. Chris? Basically. It's interesting you mentioned the splitter, and that's where I get hung up on my kind of point of view. Like, who's going to play third base? Yeah, who's gonna play? Who's gonna play second base? If you're your guy that you're gonna run out there every five days, your big guy that you're gonna run out there every five days that you're paying a crap load of money to is throwing all these ground balls. Who the hell's gonna catch him? Because I sure as shit don't have confidence in Kevin Biggio playing third base anymore. And no, even even he's second if base, every, and even if everybody's dreams come true and Freddie Freeman somehow comes to Toronto. Do you guys really have confidence in Vlad at third? Like what you're, <laughs> what you're getting, what you're getting in Freeman, you could probably feel okay about losing a little bit of defense with Vlad over at third. And I know we're getting into crazy speculation and going <laughs> way off track. Oh, we're going to talk about that. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but like, who's, who's going to catch the ball? Like who's going to field the ball? ball because it's not Biggio like we we were as much as people crap as well on Semyon for his one error of the year that cost them <laughs> the year like yeah nothing to do with the his, bullpen and all the explosions before his, that. his defense was so underrated and so undervalued by fans and probably this team not yeah. to say that we should have shelled out 175 million dollars over seven <laughs> years for him yeah. save that for later but <laughs> 
<clears throat> like, it, if you had a Marcus Semien type up the middle with Bichette, and you probably you still need to run out as Aspinall type at third, I, I don't know if he's the exact answer at third base, but you need so you need a better infield is what I'm getting at it, to feel comfortable with it. Right now to that point, Vigio or Espinal are stuck at second base and you have a third base option. Are you okay with that? I'm more comfortable, but you really have to use them the right way. And I think you're really gambling on Vigio coming back and being right. And they, were, and, and they were already good. Yeah, he was defensively <laughs> okay, but like there were already so many questions about Biggio and was he really a long-term fit on this team? Like you're yeah. really banking on that. And like if you're going to pair like for God's sakes, in 2015 we ran Goins out there. <laughs> yeah. Like you can you can win with a hole, but like you're banking on because I'm still not convinced that Alejandro Kirk is gonna be on this team in uh in April, but like you're, you're really banking on Danny Jansen having a decent year. Then if you're going to run Espinal and Biggio out there every single day, like you are really banking on that because you can't have two holes in your lineup. I don't think because this team's, this team is going to be meant to bludgeon again. And if you're going to do that, like you have to do that. You can't have two dead spots in your lineup if you're going to go up there and hit home runs every night. Oh, like it just won't work that way. Year. Yeah, so we like, have eight, um, seven through nine with black holes at the end of the year, yeah. and that showed quite often. Uh, yeah. So, but just saying something for a lineup that was sporting Joe Panic at third base early this season. You guys make it sound like we almost fixed something. <laughs> <laughs> well, we did because Joe Panic turned into Adam Simber. Yeah, and Corey, I'm, and Corey I'm, I'm Dickerson. I'm just saying defensive. Um, <laughs> but back to the original. But the original point was the whole Robbie Ray thing was. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I don't know how, and, how I got how we got on to I, Adam I know and, you went off on the splitter, and we're concerned yeah. about uh, balls being Defense. put in play. Um, I the only Robbie Ray isn't a Toronto Blue Jay right now, unless the whole vaccination thing is true isn't true whatever i'm not going to get into that because frankly i don't care um (laughs) it's just the semantics of it i just don't care um but um i it it was 100 percent the opt-out yeah that that's the only reason that robbie ray isn't a toronto blue jay and i think they might have i think deep down inside me i think if robbie ray wasn't insistent on that i think they would have brought them both in hmm. that's possible i mean that w- I, I i can't disagree with that um it's going to be interesting to see how it plays out over the next couple of years i think to build off of what you were saying craig when i first turned it to you is that you have gosman for five you have barrios for five maybe even seven you have manoa for the next five there's three incredible arms at the top of your rotation that can go one through three. Then it's a matter of developing somebody else or signing a free agent. The good thing is you have Ryu for two of those as well, uh, two of those five seasons. Very much signals to me that the Blue Jays are committed to winning now. They know that this is their window before guys got to start getting get paid like Vlad and Bo and Teoscar and Lourdes. Now's the time to win. And that just starts to build on Chris's point a little bit where do more. Bring in a third baseman. 
bring in a second baseman, fill those holes with guys who will contribute and continue to play. There's a whole bunch of different intriguing trade options out there, which we'll save that for as the offseason goes along, depending on what happens with the CBA. I mean, I don't know what trades and free agent signings will look like. It might all be put on pause for a little while. This could be the last episode for a while where we have some legitimate news to talk about. But as of things currently sit, Gosman for five, Robbie Ray to the Seattle Mariners for a guaranteed three, maybe five, depending on what that opt-out does. I'll put you both on the hot seat. Chris, I know that you are a big Robbie Ray fan, and you were all about him being a Cy Young candidate, and you were right. He won the Cy Young. But at the end of the day, you see both contracts. You know the opt-out for Ray. You know what the dollar figure is in the years. You know what the team situations are. Over the course, let's just say for the full five, who would you rather have knowing what that is? Would you rather Ray or would you rather Gosman? Who would you have been more comfortable with? Are we we're going with what their contracts are right now? Yes. Assume that Ray is with Seattle for all five. Over the next five years. Oh, okay. So we're assu- we're assuming that Ray is going to ride out his contract. Yes. Then Robbie Ray. Okay. What if he's riding out that contract because the first three years haven't gone well at all and he decides to stay because it's a player option? Uh, you can still put him in the bullpen. Okay. Chris? I mean, uh, Craig? At that very point, I like yeah, that's a very worst situation. I think, honestly, Robbie Ray's stuff would play better out of the bullpen than uh, Gosman's. Gosman. But then again, Gosman also played pretty damn well. And actually, I think that's the reason he got a chance to start again, because he actually showed that he could pitch out of the bullpen again. Um, I don't know, because it, like I said, if he's going to the point, I, I honestly would be shocked if he's pitching well enough after those three years that he's continuing to win Cy Young awards right, right. now. So... I'm thinking we're going to see somewhere in the middle of what Blue Jays fans got to see in Robbie Ray's tenure. I think he's going to have one insanely good season again this next following year. And then I think it's going to look like what I think is going to be the normal Robbie Ray after that. And the only thing I honestly think that might be the biggest thing for him in this whole equation, him playing in Seattle in that big ass ballpark. Yeah. is going to help Robbie Ray look Definitely. immensely mm. amazing those five years mm. where yep. pitching in the American yeah. League East. I'm sorry to say he's going to get lit up. I think those last two years, yeah. <laughs> but I, I think right now, I think the splitter plays in the favor of the Blue Jays having Gosman in that ballpark for the length of that career. It's a strikeout pitch. I mean, a lot of pitchers who feature splitters use that for ground balls. Gosman uses it to put people away. Kind of like how Marco Estrada used his changeup to put people away. Um, it's a thing of beauty. And if you haven't seen it, if you're getting reacquainted with Kevin Gosman from his Baltimore days, just go back and look. He's a different pitcher. He's a better pitcher. And again... <laughs> I would have been fine with either or if Gosman, Ray, if they brought Ray back instead and let Gosman go somewhere else, I would have been fine. I'm equally as happy. I think if worse comes to worse and Gosman regresses, the AL East is a little tougher for him or at the end of his contract, it starts to get a little bit ugly. Um, I do still think that his floor is higher than Robbie Ray's floor. And we've seen that throughout the course of their careers so far, but both of them seem to be fixed pitchers, and I wish Robbie Ray nothing but the best with the Seattle Mariners. He was awesome this one year, and you get a chance to give him an ovation if he's so pleased. There are some people who did not take too kindly to me suggesting that on Twitter the other day when the Mariners come here. I believe it's in August uh, is when they come back. So see what happens. It's going to be interesting. I know for sure we are going to get Blue Jays Twitter, guys, that will be watching Robbie Ray's starts and Kevin Osmond start, start for start. 
if Gosman has a rough start in his first and Robbie Ray throws That's seven true. and strikes out 12, uh, there's going to be some people be like, fuck, why did we do this deal? Why didn't we just bring back Robbie Ray? So be prepared is well, all I'm saying. Just to point that out, that, those are the same idiots that said uh, Jose Barrios was a dumb trade and that was garbage. And yes. <laughs> ended up loving it by the end of the season. Just saying. <laughs> My favorite quotes to use now about fans and the fan psychology is, I know this is a different sport, but um, when Browns fans were booing Baker Mayfield off the field a couple of weeks ago against the Lions and they asked him about that, he's like, man, those are the same fans that cheer when we're on offense. Uh, well, you're not supposed to do that. So, uh, yeah, very similar ilk of those fans, Craig, is what you're getting out there. <laughs> I mean, it's just however the wind blows with some people and you're never going to please everybody. But if I was in the ballpark that first start for Robbie Ray, I would be cheering and then I will be Definitely. gladly cheering against him. Yes, Yes. Five seconds later. Just like what the Raptors, fan, <laughs> Raptors fans did with Kawhi Leonard. You get your ovation. Hey, you the title. Thank you. When you touch the ball in the game, boo him. It's fine. That's fair game. Let's move on. Uh, there's another uh, There's another uh, very key part of the 2021 Blue Jays that has found a new home. I don't think this conversation will be as long as the Gosman or Robbie Ray stuff, but it's still very much worthy touching on. Marcus Simeon, a guy who... I think we all kind of went back and forth on if they had a chance to bring him back or not. And in the end, my goodness, this man secured the bag for the next seven years from the Texas Rangers. And Chris will obviously turn this to you first as Craig goes <laughs> the away. Uh, over the next seven years, or Marcus Simeon is getting paid $175 million. Chris, I think we kind of alluded to this at the top of the show. Uh, I think I know where all three of us will be going with this answer, but it's still worth asking the question. Are you upset the Blue Jays didn't bring him back? Are you upset they didn't pay that much money to bring back Marcus Simeon? What are your thoughts? Run with it. Okay, so yes, I'm upset that they didn't bring him back. There's no way in hell that we were going to seven or probably would have had to have gone eight years. And like two hundred million for him, um, not a damn chance. Like that, they, no, just no. I don't. Know. <laughs> he he was such he he was such a big part of the team last year that I I have a hard time believing that they are going to find that type of production in one player uh most specifically um but i don't know we were never gonna pay that much it it doesn't make any sense texas has sorry excuse me apparently all the money in the world because then they just go out and sign Corey seager for 325 million dollars like nuts and well, that one I might have paid as well, but like, yeah. but then people are like, people yeah, are playing semantics bit. about like six years and 180 for Freddie Freeman is too much. And it's like, mm, I don't think so. Uh, well, but do I need to be this guy? That guy's basically won like three awards yeah. in the last three seasons in a row. Yeah. <laughs> Silver Slugger, All Star, MVPs. Yeah. No, don't worry about it. Yeah. But like, I don't know. We're, it, it's going to be tough to replace that but like to flip it onto the other side of texas like what the hell is texas doing yeah first of all okay you you can say this for a lot of different teams in different contexts but like what the hell is texas doing because they have no lineup they have billy mckinney starting 
in left field for no, them. No, they don't. No, they don't. Well, they will. Oh, he did? They did? <laughs> well, they, <laughs> then who the hell is playing left have, field for the You Mets? could have Billy McKinney for the small price of... <laughs> yeah, like, who the hell is playing left field? If Billy McKinney gets non-tender, like, who the hell is playing left field for you yeah. next year? And they don't have any pitching. Second of all, average Joe guy here. <laughs> what the hell are what the hell are the Dodgers doing? And what the hell are the Yankees doing? And the Red Sox. And the Red well, the I don't consider I don't, Michael Waka anything. <laughs> yeah, like Hey, just be if, very happy in the fact that they haven't done shit. Yeah, I, I I feel like they got handed the raw Intel report. You know, it's like yeah. hey, you know, the, the CBA is gonna be fucked, nobody's gonna sign anything until uh, and then you know it's gonna be like and then they were hoping to come back on the other side of all the agreements and lockout and everything, and then the opposite happened where it was a yeah. mad dash for everything, right? Yeah. <laughs> and, and I think that that's that's the part to go back to my original idea that I'm disappointed that the Blue Jays didn't pounce on this opportunity is that everyone around them that is usually spending a whack load of money isn't spending any money right now. It's, it's interesting. So right now they do have him, project, Billy McKinney, projected at left field. Leody Tavares playing Seth, our center field, and then Adalas Garcia, another guy that's he's good. You know, he's good. Oh, yeah, so, and, and Ruggie signed in Baltimore. Yeah, that's perfect. Just I'm he's surprised gonna, he even got that job, just saying. He was pretty He's going to end up with 40 home runs at Camden, though. I wouldn't be shocked. <laughs> he definitely still has power. You want my sweeping declaration prediction of the Corey Seager thing? Sure. It's gonna Go look it. it's gonna it's gonna look very, very similar to Alex Rodriguez in two years. It's gonna be a Yankee. I uh <laughs> interesting because he's had some back discomfort and it's dealt with some nagging injuries like that already. Um I think the back end of that contract could look pretty ugly. Uh not Rangers are going so old school with this. Let's just throw some big guys on the team and we'll build around them, right? That is the that is the Yankee motto and you know, spades in it. Yeah, pretty much. Craig, I, I, uh, I, I was asking the question as you ran away uh, and decided to leave us. Obviously started with Chris on this one, but you now know seven years, $175 million for Marcus Simeon. Uh, are you happy the Blue Jays did not pay that? Are you upset they didn't make more of an effort to bring him back? Uh, did they ever have a chance of bringing him back for that matter? For that money, no. Yeah. I, and I'm not trying to be a cheap asshole or anything like that. I loved Marcus Semyon. He did exactly what I was hoping he would do with a one-year deal because he struck me as a guy like Josh Donaldson that could come into those ballparks in the American League East and dominate. Um, I would have loved to see him. It has nothing to do with it, but I can't, after one year like that, capitalize on that fact and giving him that kind of money. And I'm very glad the Blue Jays didn't do that. I think he's going to look really, really good for the next two years of the Texas Rangers, but I don't see in the fact of how they're going to put unless they have something else up their sleeve that I'm not aware of because their minor league system is pretty damn shit too. Just to point that out, they have literally <laughs> nothing. Like these two signings <laughs> make it. zero sense. Zero. You want to well, know what and, the only reason they got, is? They they got John Gray as well, but like, yeah. which I'm sure like tears Brendan's heart in half. But <laughs> at the same time, all violin, like. What are you doing? Like, why are you? you Want to know what I think these... the, the whole thing is? Literally What's to it? put seat or to put asses in those seats at that new ballpark. It was yeah. literally the only reason that it looks good to me on paper. You brought yeah. in two huge names, 
for that team that make it look like, oh my God, they're spending money. They must be better than we thought, you know? <laughs> then they're going to be sold out for the first month of the season. They're going to be not even a 500 level team with those guys on the team. And then they're going to like, you know, like I said, I would not be shocked if they're looking to dump those salaries for those two guys in two years. It would, And I think the one that's going to be the easier one to move is Corey Seager. Mm-hmm. So they, they might have to eat some, but yeah. To that point, oh, well. They got, like I said, new ballpark money at that point. Yeah. <laughs> Get some yeah. prospects back. And, and honestly, uh, maybe, that, uh, maybe that's the terrible plan here. They bought into yeah. those guys. They can trade them and get some prospects in two, three years. <laughs> oh, can you imagine? Yeah, that'd be a lot of money to move. I would be shocked. Uh, that's but, long con right there, right, fellas? <laughs> yeah. Um, well, now that we know where two very key cogs of the 2021 team uh, are off to, why don't we go over some of our favorite moments that each of them have had from this past season? Uh, Craig, I'll let you start. You can go for both of them right off the bat. Start with Simeon or start with Robbie Ray. Is there a moment for either of them that stick out the most to you? I can't think of one isolated Robbie Ray one other than the fact that I just love how amped up he got every time he struck somebody out that and an inning. It just screamed like Jason Grilly that one yeah. year for us. <laughs> and I loved every minute of it. And but the definitive moment for honestly, I think Marcus Semyon's career in general was that home run he hit in that comeback. Yes. Period. There was just nothing that was like you couldn't. There's no way in hell we had it should have been in that damn game to begin with. And then to watch him come back and hit that home run after Loris ties it up with a grand slam. Yeah. <laughs> Freaking ridiculous. That still might be my favorite one. The bat spike is getting is overrated, underrated boys. You know the bat flips taking all the show. <laughs> Florida's freaking just tighten and slamming that thing down perfect. But for Marcus Semyon to end that ball game like that and just perfect moment, break out the home run jacket, there's no other better picture right there in Blue Jays history from or Blue Jays 2021 season right there in my head is that Marcus Semyon home run. Yeah, hey, very fair. Chris, how about you? I know that Robbie Ray was uh, your man crush, and you were right about He was. Up, was there anything that stood out in his season or Simeon's season for you that you will always remember? Um, probably that, um, you know what, which is really weird. And I think it was because I think we were having a conversation at the same time or something, or we were having a Twitter exchange during the Kansas city game in the beginning of the year. And he was kind of stumbling a little bit and I'm like, yes. no, 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 that don't worry about it. It's first yeah, yeah. game or whatever. Like, don't worry about it. It's going to be fine. Um, but probably a little bit later on, like that game that, um, that game that they gave him the, the, the home run jacket yep. uh, is, is probably one on, on the better scale, but like, I, I'm always drawn to like the negative things and I don't know. I know, why I exactly. I know where you're going with this, but, <laughs> but no, I, I think what I will remember is just how shaky he did look in that Kansas city game and people were like, Oh shit, here we go. Like this is Robbie Ray again. And. Nope. Yeah. It didn't happen again. <laughs> yeah. No, <laughs> it again. Not with the walks at least. No. That so, down. No, I, I think that, and I think that that was, that was a huge turning point, at least for obviously his season after coming back, falling down the stairs with, uh, with his baby or whatever, uh, and injuring his elbow. Okay. But, yeah. What about Simeon? Simeon? It's probably the home run. Um, it, it was against Oakland, too, was it not? Yeah, yeah, yeah old team. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I don't know if I have 
an actual standout moment or standout game for Simeon because I think he was just so damn consistent all year. Yeah. Um, which I think is going to be very unfair to him as kind of from a Toronto Blue Jays legacy standpoint. You know, if frankly, I think Marcus Simeon's season gets lost kind of in a lot of things with the Robbie Ray, Cy Young, with Guerrero's breakout season sure and, and how they missed the playoffs by one game and like winning the final series like sweeping the last series and how that kind of went down I, I I feel like Semyon is going to get swept under the rug after a little while just because of how kind of steady he was all year and it there other than that home run I don't think there really was a really big standout moment or a standout game for me that like, I'm trying to think back of the whole year and I don't really think that they're it's just consistently good. He was consistently good and a, and a good mentor to Bo. Um, I, I guess that's probably because you could see as the season went on, Bo maturing a little bit in the field, especially yeah where he wasn't making that dangerous throw as much or that last minute ditch effort to to try and rifle the ball where he had no business to, he would hold on to it a little bit more frequently. Um yeah, I I don't know if there is other than that home run like a really standout sure. moment for Samian. Just because he was so damn good all year. And and I feel as well like Semyon kind of get he got a little bit lost in translation because of how good Vlad was almost in the same way that Guriel gets lost in this lineup as well that people forget how sneaky good he is because of all the other names and because of what everybody yeah, else does Oscar, yeah ante Oscar yes yeah, yeah. So you even forgot <laughs> I, I got a question for both of you do you think if Marcus Semyon's 2021 was in the National League he beats Bryce Harper for the MVP. Yes. Yes. I think so. I mean, I know Bryce had a fantastic season, but if he's on Bryce a team that was in the same situation as the Blue Jays was, then I think he does. I think he mm-hmm. does. I Let's say he was that. playing for the Phillies. Just to make it funny. They, you know, I don't know, because on, kind of like because kind of like what Chris was saying, he'd still fall behind in my, in Bryce Harper's shadow. Kind of like kind of like how when, Always fell behind Jose Bautista's shadow. He was so mm. consistently good, but you still have Jose Bautista here, or now you have Josh Donaldson with the Phillies. Mm. You have Bryce Harper, who's a huge personality. So that's a good question. If he was on the At Phillies, level of WAR, five point nine for Bryce Harper, seven point three WAR for Marcus Semien. Oh, I know. It's it's every number. It's ridiculous what he did. Yeah, Semien beats him in every offensive category except for batting average. And if you want to put that even into perspective, um, Semyon had more hits, more at-bats. Semyon actually, I think, led Major League Baseball in at-bats. Yeah, I believe that. I don't lead off so often. And Yeah, and then, um, yeah, he had 20 more hits and had a 250 or 265 batting average versus Bryce Harper's 309 batting average because, like I said, he played. He had like 200 less played appearances. It's almost yeah. ridiculous. So he yes. was on the injury list. <laughs> yeah, but if he's in the National League, he probably wins MVP. Um, it's just unfortunate he was also in the same league as Shohei and Vlad, <laughs> who's his yeah. own teammate. Um, well, MVP didn't even win. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. <laughs> I, I think I'm kind of with you, Chris. 
uh, on just the fact that it was consistently good for Robbie Ray. There were so, obviously some incredible strikeout games, um, but it was just so consistently good after that Royal start that there's not really one dominant one that really stands out in terms of, oh, shit, this guy has arrived and he's for real because he just kept it going after that. Like, there was a couple hiccups that mm-hmm. weren't like, holy crap, he's just off his game, but everybody has those. Even Roy Halladay had those from time mm-hmm. to time where it's just not clicking that day. It figures I was at two of them where they weren't clicking that day. Uh, the only two games I was at. Um, I thought when you said the negative thing, Chris, where you're going with the negativity, I thought you were going to go down the little skirmish he had with Brandon Hyde uh, back in early September. Oh, with that Warriors. guy. It, that stands out to me because right somebody, somebody posted a video of the audio and just hearing what Brandon Hyde was saying and tripping for seemingly no reason. It's like, man, shut up. You're out of it. And Robbie Ray, just yeah. cool as a cat, just on the mound, just be like, man, like, I don't care. I know I'm the shit. I know I'm good. I know I'm a Cy Young <laughs> candidate. You, you know what? I, I, I had forgotten about that until you brought it up. But yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I just felt so cool. Like Robbie didn't even really say anything. Like he just motioned to come out to the mound and talk to me if you want to keep beak in your mouth. And then that's when uh, I don't I think he wanted people. him to come out and talk. Let me tell you, I am not going to a mound and fighting a guy with that tight of pants because he could <laughs> probably kick my ass. And that just big too. He actually had pythons on him too, with how tight his like sleeves were around him. Oh, we're getting oh, yeah. out of here now. <laughs> just to say that whole thing is, um, if Robbie Ray looks like he could have been brought up a hockey player, he looks like he just chews yeah. rusty nails for breakfast. And- <laughs> he would look like an enforcer. He'd be like Brad Marchand, a guy who would get under your skin and score and uh, score a lot of goals and be really good, but also not afraid to drop the gloves. But yeah, I think I don't know why, but that just stands out to me. Maybe because I saw the video not too long ago, I was like, man, Robbie Ray handled himself like a champ for that um and same with Simeon I mean I think the home run is definitely up there I think the one thing I was thinking of going back through the season the one play defensively that stands out for me is opening day at Yankee Stadium when there was that ground ball with bases loaded I think it was either against Chatwood or David Phelps uh in the seventh of the eighth inning and Simeon dove for the ball and was able to quickly fire it over to first to save that Blue Jays end up winning on opening day at Yankee Stadium that stood out to me because I'm like holy crap Marcus Simeon's a Blue Jay, and here he is at second base, a place where he's not very familiar with, and then Buck and Tabby and Dan uh, were raving about that play. So I think that was Romano on the mound. It might have been, yeah. Yeah. He came came in for two innings, I think. Or he, no, he threw these part of the seventh and the eighth, because then Merriweather threw the ninth. That's what I believe. Yeah, because that was when everybody's like, oh, new closer. Yeah. Yes, because even the guys on like uh, uh, John Boy and Jake were like, who the hell is this Merriweather guy? Yeah. Throwing a hundred out of the Jays bullpen. Yeah, I know. Right. So, yeah, no, there is. uh, I just think it was just so consistently good for all of them. It is hard to pinpoint one moment. But if you do have your favorite, feel free to tweet at us and let us know. We're probably forgetting something uh, during the course of the season, whether it was during lockdown for Chris. It's not about that. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, we're going to have plenty of time over the next three oh, months yeah. to reminisce. Absolutely. Yeah. Lots of reminiscing is this, the, with the CBA uh, expiring in, uh, what is it, three hours from now? Uh, so be prepared. <laughs> um, a couple more things, guys, uh, on the agenda for this evening. Um, Chris, you started touching on this just in terms of wanting to see more on top of Gosman. There was a little bit of a more, uh, probably not as much of a splash as we would have hoped, 
but a very solid reinforcement in the bullpen and potentially a second one. Uh, but let's start with Yimmy Garcia. The Blue Jays signed him to, what was it, a one-year or two-year deal? Uh, I can't remember what it two was. Two-year deal with a, an option yes. for a third, I think. Okay, yes, and uh, it, it, look, he's coming off of a season with Miami and with Houston uh, where he was Miami's closer. And he got 15 saves uh, and had a respectable 347 ERA. Um, there was some cause for concern in his game. He wasn't as dominant as he's been in the past uh, with teams, but still a reliable bullpen arm with some good stuff. Um, Chris, I was going through uh, after they signed Garcia and going through and adding him into the bullpen and what could currently be projected. And you have Romano, you have Simber, you have Richards, you have Garcia, you have, I don't know what happens with Nate Pearson. You have Tim Meza, Ryan Barucki. We also touched on this last week, Craig, with, with um, Jason Lee. Adding Yimmy Garcia to the mix to a bullpen that you could probably argue was already five or six deep with some very good arms just solidifies this even more. I don't know what will be left for the Blue Jays in the bullpen, especially considering that at the top of the show, or even before we started recording, we said, hey, Nate Pearson, make him a bullpen arm. Make him like a, a great two-inning guy or three-inning guy who can come in and blow out the doors or save you if a starter's been gone. Ross Stripling kind of end up pitching out of the bullpen as well as a swingman. So there's options. Yimmy Garcia just solidifies the back end even a little bit more, and there's a ton of depth that they've started to create. So, uh, Chris... What were your thoughts on the Emmy Garcia deal and uh, review what he's done in the past and uh, looking forward ahead, how he fits into this bullpen? I don't mind the Garcia stuff. I, I have a lot of trust as far as it goes with Atkins and bullpen guys because he's hit more times than he's missed. Yeah. Sorry. Other than hand and Soria, but shit happens. That should have worked. <laughs> it should have worked. By all means, it should have worked. Yeah. Um, but as it stands, I have Mesa Romano, Richard Simber, Merriweather, Barucky, Garcia, and Stripling in the bullpen. That's eight. That's pretty damn good, too. That's uh, a good who, start. Like, and if you get another starter, then you put Pearson in there. That's nine. And that's probably pushing it for how many you want down there. Yep. So and then not to mention you got some good early comers that are miss, just missing that list and like K, yeah. Sacedo, who's a couple other guys I pitched near the end yeah. of the season that looked pretty good out of the bullpen that I'm slipping names on right now, but yeah. that's insane. Well they, Sneed like, pitched all year. right out of the bullpen. Sneed was all um, right. Sneed was all he right. Had great like he said player league stuff too, so it's yeah. gonna translate at some point. Yeah, like you said, uh Sacedo was pretty good last year for what he was um but if you if you have those nine locked down for the bullpen now, next year as long as Baraki kind of comes back and is what we thought he or at least what he was in 2020 that's a pretty decent bullpen it's good start. And it's, it, it's especially Okay, if Pearson and Merriweather are healthy all year, which is a very big if at this point, you have Pearson, Romano, and Merriweather throwing 100 out of the back end of that bullpen, that's looking dangerously like Tampa's bullpen, where you have a mix guys that can throw 100. And like Mesa was throwing 
90 was he touching 97 i don't know if he was touching 97 he's up there i don't for sure 95 um he was touching 95 i think uh simber obviously doesn't hit that much richards i think it's 95 richards is has a surprising velocity and Barucky was and Barucky was throwing some decent velocity as well i don't know what garcia hits i think i heard that garcia touches 97 he can hit 98 yeah, let me uh, let me check that as fast. That's yeah. ninety six point two average fastball velocity for Yemi Garcia last year. So That's he probably fast. could he could probably touch ninety seven, maybe ninety eight if he had to. Yeah. Um. That's Either a way. really good looking bullpen right now. It's yeah, a lot. It. I take back what I said before that you need to find another bullpen piece because I don't think you need to find another bullpen piece because then you're. Then you have to ship out a Pearson for somebody mm. if you're giving up on him. And I'm not in a position where I want to give up Pearson yet. I want him in the bullpen. Craig, what about you? I know we touched on it a little bit last week with Jason Lee. You can either expand on that or just rave about your thoughts of Yumi Garcia's addition to this bullpen. Moves it, it, I, I have to put this in football terminology for you, Mister uh, Football Fan. This keep, <laughs> this keeps the chains moving every freaking game because yeah. there's the, whoever comes out of that bullpen is going to be good. Period. Like you said, Garcia's got some saves in him last season. I don't think he's that guy, you know, for us. But to that point, we don't need him to be. We have enough guys, and to that point, let's say he's gassed one night. Okay, well then, Burrich is that editing. Okay, well, you know, Stripling comes out even, you know, at that point. Ooh, it's a collect, it, it's an embarrassment of riches all of a sudden, it seems like. And it just shows you how screwed we were last year because all these guys were hurt. But to that point, I think we are going to get the right bounce backs. And then you add somebody like Garcia. He's going to be a heck of a nice piece to pair with Simber and company at the, uh, the higher leverage parts yeah. of the ball. And those other mix-in innings that, you know, okay, great. Somebody didn't get past the fifth inning one night. You know, whoever you truck out there for those couple innings, infinitely better than the uh, Peraltas and company that we were pushing out there this past season. Um, I agree with you, Chris, that it doesn't exactly scream that we need to have another guy anymore. But after last year, I'm getting another guy. (laughs) (laughs) Well, let me, let me build on that though, because I didn't, uh, I left his name out for a reason. I don't know if the bullpen just going over those names for you, Craig and Chris is at the stage where if there's not a big earth signing uh, or a veteran for that matter, and let's say the CBA freezes a whole bunch of movement until around February timeframe and guys start to panic and bullpen arms, especially veterans who are mid-30s, upper-30s, signed for minor league deals or guys coming off of injuries. Uh, The Blue Jays brought back David Phelps on one of those. And, Craig, you know how much I raved about him on last week's podcast with Jason Lee. You you couldn't wait to bring his name up again, could you? I was so excited to bring his name up. (laughs) His 10 appearances last year, however many it was, were pretty damn good. So there's another start, and that's what you might be able to do. So is the bullpen good enough where you still – want or or is it not good enough yet in your eyes where you want another higher leverage name uh or are you fine if they continue similar additions like david phelps for death for depth david phelps definitely helps with that depth idea and i love the fact that they brought him back and i was have been honestly rather shocked that they did he seemed to be very happy in toronto especially after coming back and not getting the chance to really 
take the advantage of that signing of him coming back this past season. Right. And um, to that point, we were talking about the downfall of this team last week during our review of the bullpen. And I think we all kind of quasi danced around the whole thing and then came back in summary that the bullpen really fell apart when David Phelps went to shit and uh, got hurt. The whole rest of it kind of, you know, that veteran presence and his, you know, game not being there kind of, you know, folded the house a little bit. Um, so to that point of having somebody like him ready to possibly come back and take a job this spring is very intriguing. Um, but I want some other guys that maybe are at least in that similar fold to him to help compete for that job. I don't think it's his, it, he's going to unfortunately win that back to me at this point. And I think yep. those guys we just lin- listed off, you can see why he needs to win that job. back. Absolutely. Chris, what about you? Is the bullpen good enough in your eyes for more Phelpsy additions or do you want another bigger name? Um, no, I don't want another bigger name because I'm perfectly fine writing that out because I want Pearson in the back of the bullpen and I don't want anything pushing him out of that position. Yeah. Um, I don't think it's going to be frankly at somebody. It'll be another Garcia ish. If they added. Somebody yeah, just I don't, I don't even think it'll be that <laughs> it, it'll be guy. Atkins seems to have quite the knack for finding guys on minor league deals or uh, look at Mesa last year was on a minor league tryout. Yeah. And they already had him technically, I guess, but like look at the year he had, was he was probably year. quietly, was so good. quietly. Once again, he was probably our best reliever. Um, and, and that's probably even pushing Romano down the scale a little bit as well. But, um, Romano pitched his I, normal innings and was healthy. I get way above it, but the fact that he was so yeah. in and out, yeah, I agree. It, and like they're so good at finding those guys that I'm perfectly good with bringing people in like that and just giving them a flyer. Because like your bullpen's so volatile on a good day that like I really do hate spending a whack load of money unless it's on like a Liam Hendricks. I could get on board with yeah. that or maybe not exactly a Roldis Chapman, but somebody like him where like Mickey comes up all the time. Um, or no, not Mickey. Uh, why can't I think it's McHugh. Oh, call uh, McHugh, yeah. Comes up all the time. Like I, I don't think he's going to commit. He's not going to command, uh, Liam Hendricks money. But his name keeps coming up that that a ton of people would love to have him in the bullpen, which I I wouldn't disagree with. But I'm perfectly fine with running with what we had or what we have and supplementing it with guys, because that's seemingly what you do with a bullpen. Yeah. No, that's totally fair. It's uh, when you go through it, and as we were going through it last week as well, you look at some of those names. Some of them will obviously need to bounce back, and I think Ryan Barucki is at the top of that list and could be very key to solidifying it even more. Yimmy Garcia, David Phelps, whoever else will definitely help that if somebody gets injured, which seems inevitable, uh, or falters like Rafael Delis did. Um, there's always going to be some of that, as we've seen from this past season, but it is a very good start to the bullpen, which leaves pretty much just solving another bat in the infield. And as John Heyman just put out, there's four hours to go to make a deal before the expected midnight lockout. You need to hurry, especially if a medical exam is needed to happen. So with that, the CBA is about to expire. 
I don't think personally there is much hope uh, for this team. Um, and yes, I uh, I don't know, Craig. What are your thoughts on this? It's not very rosy. Uh, things are not looking very good um, for a deal. But uh, is there any sort of optimism at all? Like I don't like I don't know when this is over, but it seems like it's gonna go on for a little while. To that point, the CBA thing, I just hope it doesn't turn into a full thing where it, you know, turns into a 94 season all over again and then the 95 short season or anything like that. Um, I can't, they need to hurry up and get this done because if they are losing anything but free agency time on this, they're screwed on all accounts. It's just silly for the CBA, the players in the union not to figure this out. But <clears throat> I digress. To the point that the Blue Jays didn't turn around and uh, maybe make that final nail in the coffin move right before midnight tonight. Seems typically like our luck, unfortunately. I think they have all these irons in the fire, and there's maybe one that sounds like it might be really, really kind of close and ready to come off the fire. But um, yeah, to that point, I don't think they're going to get it done in time per a few different things going on here. And to that point, our chat window shows up, by the way, in the video feed just. FYI, <laughs> um, the um, one thing, and I think the Blue Jays fans on our Twitter account talking with us right now are in the midst of the uh, fun here. So before you wrap everything up in it, I got to yeah, 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 absolutely. <laughs> I, uh, I am happy to uh, turn it over to that now. I don't know, Chris, if you can offer us any optimism, but it doesn't seem like there is any words that uh, could be offered for optimism given the way the CBA is going. <laughs> Hell no. Uh, um, now, oh, what, <laughs> what, what is amazing that's come of this is there needs to be a free, free agent period. Yeah. Like, yeah, this has been so fun ridiculous yeah over the last week that there needs to be a free agent freeze and how they do it i don't know but like something in and around this time is your deadline until like before spring training and it's absolute madness it's awesome it is a lot of fun despite the fact that we're heading for a lockout i agree with you I, I wonder if you could do something where you sign before the calendar year changes and there's a free agency freeze until a couple weeks out from spring training. And if you wait on the free agent market and don't sign, it's a minor league deal that you have to sign. I don't know how that works and all the language or anything like that, but there should be something because it has been a lot of fun. That's for sure. Um, Craig, you mentioned there's interaction for the first time in a couple weeks. Take it over, man. What's going on? Well, we keep getting a reaction. This is more like, you know, cheerleaders we got right now, or most last weeks. But to that point, most everybody is asking about what they think is true, the reality of what we've been all anticipating, goofing around with, having fun with over the whatnot the last few days of Twitter land. The fact that Freddie Freeman's name just all of a sudden won't go away. And the, the last last actual headline we most Blue Jays fans read was it's down to Yankees, Braves, and Blue Jays. If that is legit, I don't care how much money it takes. I'm not letting the Yankees get fucking Freddie Freeman. <laughs> <laughs> um, and to that point, just to be the, this guy, he played 16 games at third base. I'm just going to say. <laughs> 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 
And sadly, I uh, I wouldn't wonder if it would take something like that to solidify it with the Blue Jay uniform. But I I don't care what it takes. If that's one of those things, if you can actually get somebody like Freddie Freeman, you take the after the fact and figure it out. Um, at least that's my opinion. But that that is the main question that has been popping up repetitively. Why haven't you guys talked about Freddie Freeman? What is what's going on with Freddie Freeman? Can you tell me something save, about Freddie Freeman? We have the content for uh, future shows if we're going into a lockdown. Come on, guys. Come on. We can't pack it all in like one. Talk to death. Yeah. No. I, all the thing I'll say is Bayerga broke um, Simeon last year. I'm pretty sure. Um, so it, there is some reason to be optimistic at the chances but i wouldn't be season two is the headline yeah. last week i forget was yeah it the, was it the brios uh i don't think it was the brios extension but he has done i think two jays moves recently somewhat recently um but yeah no it's uh it's interesting i don't know if it'll happen it was, uh, uh garcia and Semyon. yes that's it that is it yeah, um, that is really it. We've gotten caught up on all the news, the latest fun, the impending doom of the lockout over the next little while. I don't know if there's anything else you guys wanted to add to the conversation before we wrap it up. Closing remarks and two claps into Ric Flair. I'm going to be this guy. Kevin Gosman actually pitched his Major League debut for against the Toronto Blue Jays. Did you two know that? Yes, 20, uh, 2013. Yes. <laughs> Do you want to know what the Blue Jays lineup was that day? Uh, oh, man. Oh, no. It's a different one. What time of year was it? It was, was it early or later in the year? May 2013. May 2013. Emilio Bonifacio? Well, Bonifacio, Reyes. Yeah, Reyes. Bautista. Bautista, Edwin. JP or in CBA. Hello. Yeah, fucking JP. So remember, that was the year 2013. Isn't that the year that Jose Reyes wrecked his hamstring? Yeah, like, oh, the season's over. Yes, he got up to <laughs> such a good start um, that year, and then he hurt his hamstring against Kansas City. Um, Melky so, Cabrera. Batting leadoff, by the way. Yes, Melky. Before I break your brain. Yeah, yeah, go, go through the rest of it. <laughs> I, think the, I think both of these rosters are honestly pretty interesting from, you know, you know the perspective of a time that's lapsed since 2013 especially uh, knowing the 2015 teams and stuff like that, how fast the ch- culture changed in that locker room. Oh, Colby, Colby uh, Rasmus would have been in center, right? Col- Colby. Colba. <laughs> Full neckbeard Colby. Now, right? what, what, would the ro- what would have the rotation been? The rotation would have been like Burley, Johnson. Yep. Um, Ricky, uh, Jay Happ. Um, Jay Happ won the job. The uh, name on this pitching uh, matchup for this game will... Honestly, was, uh, some billet as well, wasn't there? Uh, Brandon, Mor- Brandon Morrow. That was the pitching matchup for Gosman's debut. Yeah, Gosman is Brand- actually healthy for five seconds. Brandon Morrow. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that's so, uh, that's crazy. It was Melky Cabrera, Jose Bautista, Edwin, Adam Lind batting cleanup, oh, JP Arencibia, oh, fifth spot. <laughs> Brett Laurie in the sixth spot, oh. Holby, Emilio Benifacio. And then that game, I think this is in the midst of the injury to Jose Reyes, Muanuri Kawasaki. Oh, man. Wow. And, how far we've come. and to that point, I think this is even more funny on the other side. Nate McLeod's batting lead off for the freaking oh. Orioles. <laughs> Nate, Danny Machado. 
Nick Markakis, Adam Jones, Chris Davis in his, you know, that was the swing. He swung up in the home runs, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Matt Wieters, J.J. Hardy, Chris Dickerson, and Alexi Garcia. <laughs> A lot of that Orioles team the year later went to the ALCS and then just got swept. But mm-hmm. that is a decent Orioles team, actually. Mm-hmm. The middle the of that rise. lineup is really good. Yeah. And then it was the, I want to say it was 2014, they added Mark Trumbo and the thing went off. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. And, Nel- and Nelson Cruz. And Nelson Cruz was unreal that year. That was right. Mm-hmm. It wasn't this year. So yeah. I thought that was an interesting uh, tweet by Sarah Lang. Yeah, yeah. Sarah Lang's on sports for the, uh, apparently she does Matt's beat and stuff. So that was kind of cool. Very, very cool. Did the research on that and I had to stumble across it on Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> So, guys, as we get closer to Christmas, you have, let's just say you didn't buy a jersey over the course of the last few years. We'll end off on this fun question. George Springer is in play. Jose Barrios is in play. Kevin Gosman is in play. Some of the more recent acquisitions, who are you getting and why? Springer. Springer. Do I have, do I have to? Yeah. <laughs> also, very, very side note, Strowman got three years, $71 million. Wow, okay. So he's going to try to hit Not free fantasy again and get another payday. Yeah. 20, $25 million in 2022, 2023, and then 21 in 2024. Yeah, good for him. That's all right. It's That's because probably he knows one. the Cubs are going to suck for three years. Just saying. <laughs> yeah. Craig, who is your jersey? Uh, I think I'd have to go Gossman just because he's also going to be wearing Ryan Holiday's Phillies. Uh, yes. Right, right. <laughs> that was a cool story, knowing that his inspiration was Roy Halladay. I'm going to go Barrios uh, ever since he got locked into the deal. Uh, and then that way we so, can uh, all have each of those players. <laughs> so here's the reason I'm not buying a Barrios jersey, because I'm buying that Rochester Red Wings one to wear up there. Uh, <laughs> yes, very, very cool. That actually would be a, a collector. If you can find a Barrios Rochester Red Wings t-shirt with Barrios 17 on the back, let me know, and I will buy I will buy one and send you money. <laughs> that would be Excellent, guys. Well, this has been fun. A lot of Blue Jays news. Uh, I don't know how much news we'll get over the course of the next few weeks, but we'll be with you uh, regardless through the rest of the offseason as we get closer to Christmas time. Uh, we will very soon be having a special guest return to the podcast. Uh, I will tease that. Um, uh, right around Christmas time is the ETA. And we'll do a nice foursome episode right around the holiday season. But still a couple of weeks to go between now and then. Hopefully there is some news, some fun things to talk about over the course of the next few weeks. But let's end this how we normally do with two claps and a Ric Flair. Ready? Three, two, one. <laughs> Woo! Let's go. Blue Jays. Go make a signing, you jerks.
mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications at TryLifeMD.com? We're now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. It's fun to put on jeans that you couldn't get into six months ago. Every morning, I look forward to getting on the scale. For anybody who's struggling with their weight, it's a godsend. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at trylifemd.com. That's T R Y L I F E M D.com.